0: Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. Dear Saints, this is quite a wonderful greeting that we have for each other on Easter morning when we celebrate our Lord's resurrection. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. What a marvelous explanation or ex- exclamation of faith! of trust in the Lord's Word, of confidence in that our Lord Jesus did what He said He would do. Namely, He died on the cross for our sins. He rose on the third day for our justification. He destroyed sin, death, and the devil all for us. And our faith clings to this. For it's true, like St. Paul said, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then our faith is useless. Our hope is in vain. He says it like this. And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people the most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. But, dear Christians, I think that if you and I were to greet, uh, to have a greeting and a response that would better fit the text, that would better fit the accounts of the resurrection that we hear in the gospel, for example, in the one that we heard in the gospel of Mark chapter 16 this morning, it would be quite different. It would be something like this. Christ is risen, and the response would be, he did what? What are you talking about? We see, in fact, in the Gospels that this is the first response that the women who go to the tomb early in the morning and they hear the message of the angels that Jesus has risen from the dead and they do not respond to that message like we would expect them to, with, with hearts overflowing with joy and faith and wonder. No, their response is rather fear and confusion. They don't understand what's happening. After all, no one has ever been resurrected from the dead before. Jesus and the prophets surely had resuscitated people and brought them back. But this is different. Jesus, after three days, brought himself out of the grave. How could that be? And this response is not just the response of these women. It's true of the disciples as well, who run to inspect the the empty tomb. They too are confused. Fear and faith all mixed up together. If you were to greet Peter and John on Easter morning and you were to say to them, Christ is risen, they would say to you, he did what? So the disciples and the women don't know what to do. They don't know what to think. Everybody, and when you, when you take the last couple chapters of all the Gospels and you read them together, it's just it's like everyone's like a chicken with their head cut off. They're running this way and that, here and there. They don't know what to do, where to go, what to say, and what to believe. They're all trying to figure out what's going on. Where's Jesus? The angels preached a clear sermon. Jesus is risen. What? That's unheard of. It's unimaginable. It can't be true. Now, how wonderful then to consider how these words of the angel and how the empty tomb began a spark in the hearts of all of the women that saw the empty tomb and in the hearts of the disciples that as the day begins to unfold, this little spark catches into a fire of faith in their hearts. And this is not a sterile thing. It is is their very hope. The longing and desire of their hearts begins to awaken and to be kindled. Imagine being in Mary Magdalene's head on that Easter morning. What would she have thought? Maybe it's true. Maybe he is alive. No, 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 no. That's impossible. But, But what if? He did mention something like that a few weeks ago about how he would die and then be raised again. Oh, how wonderful that would be to see his face, to talk to him again, to see him. Oh, don't be silly. Raised from the dead? I'm sure there's a natural explanation for all of this, uh, what's going on. But I just heard it from the angel, and who would know better than the angel? Can you imagine how marvelous this is? As, as faith in the resurrection begins to awaken in the hearts and in the minds of the women and of the disciples. Christ is risen, they'd say, what are you talking about? Christ is risen. What's that you say? Christ is risen. Yes, that's what the angel preached. Christ is risen. I believe it. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And then Jesus begins to show Himself. First to Mary Magdalene, then to the other women, then to the disciples on their way to Emmaus, and then the other disciples in the upper room. And now they know that Jesus has done the impossible. That He really is alive. And their sorrow is beginning to be replaced by joy at this astonishment that Jesus is showing them Himself resurrected. And, He's teaching them what it means. For the resurrection of Jesus, dear friends, is not just for Him. It's not just for His own benefit that Jesus leaves the grave. In fact, Jesus doesn't do anything just for His own benefit. And so in all of the appearances of our Lord Jesus, He's teaching the disciples and us what He has given us by the resurrection. And we can summarize it really in one word. Peace. Peace. Peace is what Jesus says. Almost every time he sees anyone after his resurrection, peace. And this is precisely the gift that Jesus' resurrection gives, peace. For the resurrection is not just for him. It is for us. His resurrection is the proclamation of his victory on the cross. It is a victory for humanity. It is a victory for you and for me. Picture it something like this. Imagine that you live right next door to a cave, a deep hole. It goes into the side of a hill, and it's dark. In fact, this cave is filled with a piercing darkness, and the more you stare into it, and you have spent some time looking into this cave, but the more you stare into it, you can't see anything. In fact, the, the, the blackness of the cave gets dark, darker and darker. But the darkness is not the only thing terrifying about this cave, because this cave that you live next to, day after day and year after year, has a stream of people walking into it. They walk into this cave, and they never come back. Some people you don't recognize. Some people that walk through this cave you know very well. Now, this is horrible. But what's even worse, perhaps the most terrifying about this cave that is your neighbor, is that while you can't see what happens in there, you can hear it. You can hear the footsteps of the people as they go in. And then as they go completely into the darkness, every time a person goes in there, you hear a voice. It's a harsh voice, a demanding voice. And this voice is listing things. In fact, it sounds to you like this voice is listing off all of the things that the person who walked through the cave had done wrong in their life. Can you imagine it? And as the footsteps fade into the distance, you hear the person who walked through that cave sobbing, and their sobs turn to wailing, and their wails turn to screams of pain, and you never see them again. This is truly a fearful place that you live, right on the edge of death. The worst thing about it, is that you know that one day you too are going to have to pass into that darkness. You too are going to have to hear that voice, and you too will not return. This darkness, of course, is death. This cave is the grave. And on the other side of death, there is the most fearful thing in all of the entire universe, namely the judgment of God. That voice that you hear from the depth of the cave is the voice of the law. And it is all the more frightful because you know, don't you? You know all of the things that it would say against you. You know, more than anyone else in the entire world, more than than the person sitting next to you, you know your own sin. You know your own guilt. You know That if this voice, this voice of the law, were to prevail against you, that you would be judged by God guilty, guilty of damnation, guilty of eternal destruction, guilty of hell, and that it would be your voice screaming from the darkness as the smoke of your destruction would rise up forever and ever. That is what we're up against. That is the future of humanity. This is the thing that faces each one of us. It is appointed, it's written in Hebrews, it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. It's terrible. That is bad news, really bad. And the worst thing of all is that there's nothing you can do about it. No matter how advanced medicine gets, no matter how good your doctor is, no matter how healthy you are, we cannot, by our own power, beat back death or find a way to get back out of the grave. And this, dear saints, is why Easter is so wonderful. On this day, some 1,977 years ago, our Lord Jesus did what we cannot do. He did what we never even imagined possible. He walked into that cave and the voice that was spoken was the voice not of His sin, but of every one of yours. And then He 3 days later came out he broke down the door he tore apart the lock he split open the bars of death and the grave jesus destroyed death itself can you imagine it now the terror is gone The fright and the fear is finished. The light of Jesus shines in His grave and so it shines in every grave. And now we look at at death not as a destroyer, not as the portal to judgment, but rather as going from light to light, from glory to glory with Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, as our Redeemer and our Reconciler with God. That voice, the the roll call of your sin and your guilt, that condemnation and the law that stood against us, Jesus takes care of that. That's what He was doing on the cross on Good Friday when all the sin of the world was laid on His back. And then on the third day, He rose again. All of our enemies are taken care of by Jesus. All of them. Our sin, forgiven. Forgiven. Covered by His blood. Our devil conquered on the cross. Our death, our grave. Your death, your grave. The death engraved of your loved ones. It is broken open in our Lord's resurrection. Jesus loves you so much that He puts Himself there in your grave. In your place, in your death, and he breaks a way through. He makes a path out of the grave. All of us, all of us one day will die. All of us one day, if the Lord tarries, will walk into that cave. But for us Christians who are bound to Christ, it is a way of light, not darkness. It is a way of joy, not horror. It is a way of peace and not destruction. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. and amen.